Welcome to the part-time to full-time real estate agent podcast. Uh, this is Nate Angles. This is episode two. And uh, with me today, I have Dave Stroh. He's, uh, he, if you can see in the comments here, um, he's an agent with Remax. Um, he, he has an awesome story um, and also is a CEO of listingdescriptions.com, um, which he'll talk a little bit more about. Um, he is actually nominated for the Maryland's 30 or uh, University of Maryland 30 under 30 alumni. So excited to hear from you. Thanks for uh, thanks for joining me today, Dave. Yeah, thanks, Nate. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, so yeah, let's just get right into it. You know, tell me a little bit about your story. Um, you know, what uh, what started? You know, how did you decide to get into real estate? And and you know, like what kind of got you into it? Yeah, sure. So, um, you know, out of high school, went to uh, went to community college, wasn't really sure, um, you know, what I wanted to do um, in life, like most people at that age, you know. Um, so just kind of picked up a marketing degree there and then went okay. to the University of Maryland um, where I got a creative writing degree because I thought that would be kind of a cool combination to go into any type of business later on, um, you know kind of jumped into a marketing position not long after that, was doing some journalism for sports websites, um, a lot of random things here and there, was working for a bank for a while, and um, just kind of one day sat down and was like, I really hate, um, you know, not being my own boss. I want to be able to set my own schedule and, and try things myself and not have to clear things through certain people and, you know, um, and try try new types of marketing and all that stuff. And I thought, what business can I do that in? And, uh, you know, real estate was kind of the obvious choice, um, you know, and then quickly realizing that I could not only do all those things that I wanted to do, but be able to help people buy a home and, you know, find a lot of times their first home. Um, and I thought this is just the coolest thing ever. So I kind of jumped in and ran with it. Awesome. Yeah, no, that's, that's, uh, it's funny. That's a similar story to me. I got a marketing degree as well and didn't really know what to do um, either. And, you know, I, I found real estate and, and really um, enjoyed it and loved the process that, like you said, too, you get to be your own boss and try things like with marketing and, um, you know, uh, see, you know, what, what works, what doesn't work. Um, so when you started, what, uh, how did you, how did you get into it? Um, how'd you choose your company? How'd you choose, you know, did you go on a team or were you full-time, part-time? How did you, how'd that, how'd that all start for you? Yeah. So, um, when I first started out, uh, I ended up picking, um, the brokerage I'm still at Remax plus, um, because of the connection with the broker. Um, I mm -hmm. met him and we just had a, you know, a lot in common personally. Um, but then as far as, um, what I thought, would be helpful for my business. Um, he's a younger guy. He's only like, you know, in his early thirties. So, um, you know, we had a lot of similar ideas as far as marketing and technology. And I'm actually sitting right now in our video lab that we have in our office. Cause he built us an entire video lab, um, with, you know, editing software and lights and, and all sorts of stuff. Um, and that was something that I was excited about. And I just thought this is the place I need to be. Um, so I jumped in full time, right. full time right off the bat. Um, you know, I kind of just like to dive into things and chase down a rabbit hole and see where I see where it ends up. Um, didn't really do the team thing. Wanted to just, like I said, do it on my own and, and figure out my way, um, which I feel like, you know, I'm still doing in a way it's been three years, mm -hmm. but, um, you know, always finding something new and, and, uh, you know, tweaking my process and everything, but yeah, jumped right in 
right away, hit the ground running and um, kind of threw everything I had at it. It's been fantastic. Awesome, man. That's really cool to hear. Um, so you, when you jumped in, what was, uh, what was the hardest part or did you have a goal for yourself or what kind of support did you get um, from your broker? Because a lot of times, like from the listener standpoint, um, you know, it's and, and for myself, even when I first started was I don't know how to start full time because I don't know where my, you know, where I'm going to find my clients. Um, I don't really even know, you know, how to service a client properly, mm-hmm. um, you know, with with getting your license. It only takes for our state 72 hours mm-hmm. of class. And then and then you're like, you know, go ahead and get out there and, and go, you know, do what you can. So it's like, how did how did that work for you? How did you how did you work through all that? Yeah, so actually in Maryland, it's only like 60 hours to get licensed, so it was even, oh, even yeah. quicker. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I just kind of jumped right in, and, and luckily my broker, like I said, we had a lot in common, and he was really, really helpful um, at the beginning, and he still is now. Um, you know, he's he's got an open-door policy where you can just kind of go in and ask him anything and talk to him, and he's, you know, willing to help with, with anything, um, which has been amazing for myself and for a lot of other people in my office. Um, but as far as, you know, the, the most difficult part, I think, or this, a challenge that I didn't really see coming, um, when I jumped into this full time was the flip side of being your own boss and, Mm. you know, not having to answer to anybody because, you know, if you, if you work in the corporate job or, you know, if you're coming out of school or coming out of the military or, you know, anything like that, you're used to this structure and you're used to, a professor or um, your boss or whatever um, saying, these are the things that need to get done and they have to get done in this amount of time or else you're out. Right. You know, that's just how it is or you fail or whatever. Um, and we don't have that really in this job. If you're, if you're on a team, it's a little different. You might have a team leader who, who can kind of nudge you right. along and say those things. But when you just do it yourself, you have to be disciplined enough to go make your calls, to go, um, you know, take care of your calendar and schedule things and time block things and, and not take the day off to go play golf because it's nice out and it hasn't been nice in two weeks, mm-hmm. you know, those types of things, <laughs> which is yeah. difficult for me sometimes still. <laughs> but, um, you know, kind of the culture shock of just jumping in, into a, into a career where it's just you. Right. And, you know, there are people around you who can help you and who nudge you. And, you know, you may have an accountability partner or something like that, which is great. But at mm-hmm. the end of the day, like that person still doesn't really have any authority over you. Um, right. So you have to be able to, you know, sit down and do the thing. And, um, you know, that was definitely an adjustment for me. And it's still a struggle. And I'm sure it's a struggle for people who have been doing mm-hmm. this for 30, 40 years. Um, yep. So, but that was definitely the biggest um biggest surprise to me jumping in that it wasn't just a sit down and do it. Um, it was a sit down and make yourself do it kind of a thing. Yep. Yeah. I totally agree with that. That's, we talk about that on my team all the time, which is, um, you know, we can't make your 1099. We can't make you do anything. We can't make you come into the office. We can't make you do any of this. Um, but we, you know, obviously you want to align yourselves with people who, have similar goals and are, are all working towards the same thing. So you can kind of feed off each other and use that energy. Um, but I think, like you said, that is, that is one of the harder things is just like forcing yourself to be disciplined to your schedule. Um, speaking of schedule. So how did you, uh, how did you come up with your schedule? How did you come up with what's important and what your rocks are? And, um, was that worth your broker or did you do any like sort of coaching or any, anything like that? Yeah. So, I mean, it was definitely a lot of trial and error at first. 
um, you know, kind of figuring out what worked best for me. Am I, um, do I work better in the morning? Do I work better in the evenings? Um, mm-hmm. You know, do I need to go to the gym first so I can kind of get, you know, pumped for the day? Or is that better at the end of the day to like blow off some steam? You know, um, yeah. it's, it's so different for everybody. Everybody's going to work differently, which is a cool part about this business is that you can figure out what works best for you and roll with it. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I said, for me, it was just trial and error, you know doing this for a week and seeing, okay, what worked here? What didn't work? Let's tweak it. Um, what, something that really helped me was getting a physical, you know, daily planner and actually writing things yes. down. Yeah. Um, you know, everybody wants to do everything on their iPad or their phone, which is great. And if that's how you um, can keep track of things and that's what works for you, you know, run with it. Awesome. Um, but for me, I really needed to be able to write things down and visualize them that way. Um, be able to flip from page to page and see what I'm doing or have, you know, the whole week laid out in front of me, um, right. you know, erase things or add things here and there and be able to tweak things that way. Um, for whatever reason that just worked better for me. And, you know, it's still a work in progress that I'm sure tomorrow I'll think of something new that I want to squeeze in somewhere and, or move around a, you know, a time block here and there, but, um, you know, just trying things out and not being afraid to, to try something new and not being afraid to get rid of something that um, isn't working. Mm-hmm. Right. So now when you started, did you have a whole bunch of money to go buy leads or did you find ways to find, uh, you know, there's everyone's like, Oh, you can go pay $7,000 a lead or whatever yeah. for Zillow. And they, they give you a warm transfer and it's all easy. And all, like, what did you, uh, what did you find worked for you or what did, uh, what are you doing today? I'm sure like you said, you've, you've kind of changed things and modified what works, but um, how did that work for you in finding, um, your clients or, or are you working off of referrals only? I know there's people that can do that too. And, um, but, but where are you finding your business at? Yeah. So, I mean, when I first started, um, you know, like I said, my, my broker has been really great and is, has been, um, really good about bringing in new technology and supporting his agents. Um, so one of the things that, that mm-hmm. he offered off the bat was Boomtown and, um, they oh, actually, cool. the office, you know, um, had some leads being funneled into that. Um, but really when I first started, you know, my first clients were just sphere of influence. Um, my, my very first client was, um, a good friend from college who he and his fiance were looking to buy a house and I helped them buy, um, you know, pretty early on in my career, I was pretty lucky to have that connection and, um, yeah. you know, taking phone duty at my office and walk-in duty at my office and those kind of things, really just the, um, the freebies really, you know, mm-hmm. um, a lot of open houses. God, I did a lot of open houses at the start. Yeah. Um, which yeah. is a great way to meet a lot of people quickly um, and to start getting your name yeah. out there and putting a lot of, you know, the directional signs and all that. Um, right now, mm-hmm. I still don't really pay for leads. I run some Facebook ads here and there um, that are just general lead um, lead form ads. Uh, but other than that, I just try to work work the sphere of influence. I do. Um, I am starting to do some some neighborhoods, um, some farms, um, and that kind of thing. But okay. um, I really like to do things cheap if I can. I don't see a point in throwing yep. money at something if it's not going to, um, you know, give me a return. So if I can find, mm-hmm. you know, figure out a way to do what agent A, B, and C are doing for a thousand dollars a month, if I can do that for five hundred, um, and it just takes me a little more time to do it, or I have to recruit my girlfriend to help me, you know, fold papers and stuff envelopes or, you know, whatever it is, uh, I'll totally do that. Um, because I think that's the work that you need to put in, um, 
to be able to afford the luxury later on of paying to do those things. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Get that income coming in and then use that and reinvest it back into absolutely business and different advertising mediums and that sort of thing. Yep, absolutely. Cool. Yeah, definitely. So, um, no, that's awesome. I, I uh, as far as like sphere of influence and you said that you're getting into farming a little bit, what, uh, what are you doing for the farming? How are you, um, working that? Are you doing like postcards or door knocks or, um, yeah. So kind of kicking it old school with the snail mail, um, oh, cool. you know, just, uh, basically go on a Canva and, and create a nice looking letter, um, letterhead and, um, print out a hundred of those stuff them in envelopes and send them out to neighbors of houses I've listed or, um, you know, other, other, um, listings that my company might have just kind of send out letters to, to, um, homes around those areas as well. Um, and then just follow up phone calls, emails, if I can get, you know, um, I use Red X to get, um, to get phone numbers. Um, so keep in touch with those people and just stay on top of them as much as I can. Um, probably start to introduce some door knocking once the weather Mm -hmm. gets a little nicer here. It's been (laughs) kind of rainy for quite some time, unfortunately in Maryland, but, um, yeah, definitely on the to-do list. Uh, just cool. to get get the face to a name kind of thing right yep yeah get the face to face and uh and yeah that's the, i mean that's the best way to get in front of people for sure mm-hmm. um no that's cool and and one thing we didn't mention too was at the beginning of this is that we're in a mastermind together uh we meet weekly um and i remember one of the uh weeks you had mentioned kind of a cool strategy i don't know if you would mind sharing the uh where it had to do with kind of like farming or sending out letters, right? With just solds or just listed mm-hmm. and things like that. Yeah. So, um, I call it preemptive strike. Um, and basically the idea behind that is, you know, if I, uh, if I know that somebody in my office has had multiple list, multiple offers on a listing of theirs, um, mm-hmm. I just ask, Hey, what was the address of that house? And, um, start sending out letters to those neighbors, um, basically saying, Hey, there were multiple offers on this house. That means other people want to move into this neighborhood. Um, yeah, if, you, if you want to talk, let's talk. Um, I'd love to, you know, schedule a time where we can get together and, and um, discuss what would that, that would look like for you to sell your home right now. Um, it's super easy. You know, like I said, you just kind of grab the grab the addresses of people right around that house and, and hit them with some, some mailings and then some phone yeah. calls. And, um, you know, doesn't, doesn't really take a lot of time. It, it sounds like it would. Um, but it's uh, it's not very time consuming once you get in a flow of it and groove of it. So right, yeah, it's been yeah. been pretty cool that's for me. Awesome. Yeah, that's that's really cool. It's uh, the preemptive strike. I like that. That's cool. Yeah. Um, <laughs> cool, man. Um, yeah. So then the other the other question I had then. So I know you said like the hardest part um, was was you know getting that timing down and being boss and you know being um, you know or getting that all down. Is that, did you say that's still the hardest part that you had today? Um, is just, is just that the whole schedule, everything. Yeah, it's definitely part of it. I mean, I think there are two big, um, big issues or, or, you know, just difficulties, um, for me personally. And the one is just, you know, telling myself, all right, sit down, do the thing because you need to do the thing, even Mm -hmm. though there's something else you might want to do more than that. That's definitely a big part of it. Um, the other struggle for me that I'm sure a lot of people deal with, um, is, is the paralysis of perfection. You know, I've, I've come to realize that, Mm -hmm. that in this business and probably a lot of others too, but perfection 
leads to failure. Um, Mm. because when you're trying to be so perfect with something at the end of the day, I find for me, I end up not even doing it. Yeah. Yeah. But when I, when I made the realization that, you know, I would rather get a 75 on an exam than a zero on an exam. Yeah. Um, you know, that yeah. was, that was huge to me. <laughs> so, you know, go out there and just, I, I was taking so much time, you know, is, is the wording perfect on this advertisement is, um, you know, do I have everything perfect because if right. it's not perfect, it's going to look bad for me. And so I end up not using that, that marketing item. And, um, you know, next thing I know I'm failing at everything because I'm not doing anything. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd rather take a C than an F. Yeah. And yeah. No, that's a, that's a really good advice. I, that's really good. And uh, speaking of perfect, I know that you kind of have uh, a little, we're going to do a little plug for you here. But so, so you, one thing that I find with myself on my listings is, is I always want to write like the perfect description, right? Make it sound, um, you know, I, yeah, and I'm terrible at writing. So it's, it's like, I've, I, I'm always like going to other people in my office like, yeah, how does it sound? How does it sound? Or talking to the clients, but so, so tell us about what you have in the, uh, you know, in your business, um, and, and how you can help agents with, um, the whole listing descriptions. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, kind of like you said, you know, I noticed that a lot of agents in my office, when they found out that I have a creative writing degree, um, kind of came to me and were asking me the same questions, you know, does this sound right to you? How would you make this sound better? The same questions over and over again. And, um, yeah. especially, um, my friend Amos, who I share an office space with, he, uh, he came to me one day and he's like, look, I had no time to to write a listing description i needed to be flawless and over the top for this particular listing um can i pay you to write it for me <laughs> and i was like absolutely you know why not it won't, won't take yeah. me long and it, and it didn't take me long at all and he loved it and his clients loved it and it kind of just kind of sparked something in my brain that you know i love writing and i love this aspect of um of the job why not help others who maybe don't have that gift and and would be you know, willing to kind of outsource that. Um, so I kind of have a little team of writers now. And um, if you go to listingdescriptions.com, you can check out some of our our offerings there. We have three packages. Um, one is just a, a short listing description because I know some MLSs have um, have limitations on how many characters you can have in the description. Right. Yeah. Um, ours with bright MLS, it's like 40,000 characters. So I could write a book oh. if I needed to. It's way yeah. more than we'd ever need. It's crazy. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think uh, mine's like 800 or something like yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen between 500 and a thousand typically has been kind of the okay. sweet spot for a lot of them. So, yeah. um, so then we have a, a medium package where it's, you know, more description, more characters allowed. And then a third one, um, where we'll also write a, a flyer for you as well. It's typically oh, a little cool. longer. Um, but it's not the normal, you know, this two-bedroom, three-bath, you know, blah, 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 is gorgeous, new hardwood floors throughout. You know, we really write a story about the home. Um, and one of the cool things that I think is different for us is we, we invite you to provide keywords. So um, I always tell people that are using our service, call your call your sellers and say, hey, what are three or four words you think perfectly describe your home? What are the things that, you know, come to mind when you think of your home? Mm, and a lot of good. time, you know, we get like breathtaking views or, um, you know, one of a kind, those types of things. And, it, and we incorporate those into what we write. 
So we actually we ask you for those keywords, um, you put them in on the order form, and then we make sure to incorporate those into the listing description. So when you go back and show your clients, or they see it listed on Zillow, or they see the you know the flyer you send over, they're going to think, oh wow, he really listened to me, and he yeah. really you know made us a part of the process, and he made um, you know our our feelings heard, and and um, it's gotten a really really good response from a lot of people. Um, so yeah, it's really, it's something I'm really excited about and, um, it's a service that I'm really, really happy that I was able to kind of take my skills and, um, and a few other people, um, yeah. and, and throw this out there and, and offer it to other realtors. You know, the other thing that I always say is you, you trust a professional photographer to do mm-hmm. your photos. Mm-hmm. Um, why would you not trust a professional writer to do your listing descriptions? It's exactly the same, really. That's good. Yeah. So how long does the uh, turnaround time generally take if I have a listing that I, you know, I go on, on listingdescriptions.com, get the package that I want. What is, uh, what am I looking like? What am I looking at? So we aim for 24 hour turnaround. Okay. Um, so typically the process looks a little something like this. You go on the website, you purchase the package that you want, you're mm-hmm. gonna your keywords there, um, some things about the house. You know, we will ask you how many bedrooms, how many bathrooms, what type of home is it? Um, and then we're gonna reach out to you via email and say, hey, pick five pictures that you have that you think really highlight the home itself. Yeah. Um, send those over to us through an email. And then we're going to hit the ground running. Um, we've done this enough that we know, um, you know, how we can get things out pretty quickly. Uh, we know what things to highlight, what, uh, you know, what ways to work those keywords in. And um, to really come up with a cool story about the home. And, and it's something that is going to make people who read it picture themselves living there. Mm, um, yeah, you know, picture, them, picture themselves throwing a party in the kitchen or in the backyard or, or whatever yeah. um, and then we email it back out to you so you can literally just copy paste from a word document right into the MLS and you're good to go that's awesome. That sounds perfect. Yeah, because I, and I like what you say about stories. They because stories definitely sell. Mm-hmm. Um, because I mean, a lot of real estate is is very an emotional purchase. You know, even emotional sell too. And um, by creating that story, creating that image in your mind, that really helps. Um, you know, with with getting people to understand what's what's important about the home and what the best features are. So, um, very awesome. Uh, well, again, Dave, so last, last kind of thing or section here, what, so I know like this is the, um, part-time to full-time real estate agent. You kind of started full-time, which is awesome. And you get some great tips on, um, you know, ways to get into it full-time. Um, if you were a part-time agent or do you, if you knew a part-time agent that was hoping to get into full-time or looking to do it, what would your number one advice be to them, um, that we can leave them with? And, uh, um, so that way, you know, they can take that and, and hopefully apply it to their business. Sure. Well, I would say it's kind of along the lines of what I was talking about earlier. Don't be afraid to try something new and don't be afraid to get rid of something that isn't working. Um, yeah. you know, again, nothing will ever be perfect. And I think the best example is with our time blocks for, for calling. Right. So we're so afraid of failure. That's what everybody's afraid of with their, with their call blocks. Yeah. Are we going right. to, are we going to have somebody ask us a question we don't know the answer to? The answer is yes. That's going to happen. Um, yeah, just warning, just warning you now. Um, <laughs> but we're so afraid that we're gonna we're gonna have a question asked of us that we're not going to know the answer to, and that's failure, right? Mm-hmm. Or you know we're gonna call somebody who just listed with somebody else, and that's failure to us. Right. Right. So we choose to not make the calls at all. Which yeah. guess what? 
is failure. <laughs> it's, worth it, failure. it's really, really weird. Yeah. So if, if you're gonna if you're gonna fail one way or the other, fail the way that might put money in your wallet. Right. You know? Right. Fail the way that's gonna further you as a person and further your business. Yeah. Just accept look, it's not gonna be perfect. It's not gonna be the you know the ten calls that I make today are all gonna list their home with me and also have, you know, the desire to buy a home with me and, and yeah. have a friend that's looking to buy and sell and oh also have a referral in another state. Like, no, that's not gonna happen. <laughs> like I'd be sorry. Nice, if it does, that would be awesome and you can like tell me that I'm wrong and I would love to hear that. But right. But, you know, at the end of the day, the only failure really is not doing something that could yep. help you in your business. So just do it and be excited that every failure is a, is a learning experience. Yeah. So awesome. That, yeah, that, that's really good advice. I appreciate that. Um, well, hey, again, thank you so much for joining me today, Dave. Um, and uh, everyone, everyone out there listening, be sure to check out listingdescriptions.com next time you get a listing. Right. That's uh, that's right. Listingdescriptions.com. Yep. Awesome. And I'll have a link in the comment if you're on uh, Facebook or um, anything like that, too. So but uh, yeah, thanks again, Dave. I hope you have a great day, man. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Yep.